Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Can a parasite push you out of your body? Can abduction by aliens or whatever it is have lasting medical implications? Is using a Ouija board a smart thing to do? Well, hello there, and welcome to the 501st, you missed the 500, that was last night, 501st edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Paul, and those diverse questions came from me, and here's my co-host and partner in the paranormal, Ben. Hi there. And this evening we bring you an open line uh, show with uh, some questions that go back as far as 2010. I thought we had ones from earlier than that, but... Uh, that's not the point. Well, it's not getting nothing. <laughs> but those are the only ones, these are the ones that we're just getting to. And we do welcome your calls this evening, and the number is 401-766-1240 locally and 800-449-1240 from anywhere else in U.S. or Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, all right, let's get on with this. <laughs> all right, well, here's one, and she says we can use her full name. It's Alicia Perry from West Sacramento, California. Alrighty, so Alicia writes to us, I've uh, been doing paranormal research for about five years, and over the last three years I've gotten into doing uh, radio sweeps. Part of the reason I started doing this was to find answers about my own home, which I've uh, been told has a portal I hope I might be able to communicate in a two-way conversation with whatever is visiting my residence. Uh, to my surprise, however, uh, I did not connect with, quote, ghosts, unquote, but instead seemed to have con- uh, contacted what can only be, yes. No, oh, go ahead. Uh, can only be described as interdimensional beings. All right. Now, wh- what, what, do you, would you, what would you, as an audio design major at Emerson College, how would you define a radio sweep? Well, it's just... From what I remember actually looking at these things, it's just a broken AM radio that just goes through different signals, and it just sounds like a mishmash of static. That's the so-called ghost box. That's, that's all it sounds like to yeah. me, because I've heard I've heard some of these things, and they're like, oh, it says this, this, and this, and I'm just like, what are you talking about? I don't hear, all I hear is static, and maybe the occasional, like, signal being picked up from, like, Finland or something. Well, a number of these devices are on the market, and uh, since so many people are interested in quote-unquote ghost hunting, they go out and they get this stuff, whether it be in uh, electromagnetic field well, here, which is an engineer's tool, really. Well, it, I mean, it's it's a guaranteed moneymaker, really. I mean, if yeah. you just slap it, like, oh, yeah, you can hunt ghosts with this thing. I mean, they sell EMF meters as ghost detectors. Yeah, I mean, it's ludicrous, which really. is Which an EMF meter is just... An engineer's tool. <laughs> yeah, well, it picks up you know, any electrical current will produce around it an electromagnetic field, right? And or electrical field, and, and these things pick up you know, magnetic fields, and the everybody goes, "Whoa, it must be a ghost!" You know, it could be anything can cause that. Yeah, we we have used them in very limited circumstances. I remember, um, well, a number of occasions, particularly in West Virginia. Uh, you didn't. You were you were you were there with me, but you had. I didn't go on the ghost joined. tour. No, uh, mom didn't let me. No, you hadn't joined in our little. No, uh, I was. I was like yet. nine years old. You were like nine years old, and uh, the th- I had it with me, and it was a digital. When I started using one in 1990, and at the time I did, there wasn't a digital one there because some engineer friend of mine had suggested it. And it was just a needle, and it would drop to nothing on the one occasion in which I believed that something was actually going on in its presence. 
And I found out later that really the only use I have for that thing is when the polarity on the electrical field is reversed and the, and the meter goes into the negative range. I find that weird things seem to be correlated right. with that. All right. So that's the only thing. But other than that, I think all these silly these gadgets are silly and uh, the people who use them really don't understand them. Right, right, right. I mean, it just seems... Now, I'm not saying that, that, that Alicia here is, is being silly. I mean, that this is the, I don't know what she's doing. No, I mean, you could have the best of intentions, but it's like trying to do road work with like a sho- like a pail and shovel. Yeah, I mean, maybe we're wrong. Maybe there's something to it. I mean, there can be. These things are electromagnetic. They do yeah, have electromagnetic weird. effects, but so does everything else in this society. So, you know, how do you... Yeah, I mean... People say, well, you know, they, they take... Uh, uh, a reading on, you know, there's, a, I'm having a senior moment, what is it called? The uh, base reading or something, you know, the, the base electromagnetic field in a house, and then, then they go by that. But, you know, th- that changes all the time. It's not Pseudo-scientific right. terms. <laughs> exactly. Well, that, well, that's the thing. People talk like this, and they, it sounds scientific. So people say, whoa, uh, such and such ghost hunting group must be uh, scientific, you know, and it's, it's pretty much silly. So what else does Alicia have to say? I, I, I find what she says very interesting, nevertheless. Oh, it is interesting, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as interdimensional beings are concerned, yeah, I think half the things people think are quote-unquote ghosts are interdimensional beings and this and that's not really the correct term other dimensions talking from the terms of physics quantum physics dimension other dimensions and other worlds are not entirely the same thing no you know there are dimensions within various worlds it's 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 you don't have to talk to a physicist but it, it's but people use the term to mean what we might mean by alternate worlds right Alrighty, so going on, she says, uh, the response I received was absolutely amazing. Uh, it was very clear and it, uh, lasts nearly one minute and you can hear direct responses to my questions and these responses are not one word sentences but whole complete complex sentences and the responses go right along with what you talked about on Coast to Coast on May 16th. If you continue... May 16th, 2011. That's how old this email is. Uh, do you want me to continue? Well, no, why don't we just comment on Remember the other night this came up? Right. The idea of these um, uh, electromagnetic voice phenomena, or I should say ele- electronic voice phenomena, EVPs, very, very popular in the ghost hunting realm. And you, this came out actually last week on the oh, show. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah. Sandra Champlain, you know, lovely person, w- wonderful guest, but... Oh, right, yeah, I... Uh, was. Well, the thing is, it never really occurred to me until uh, the last guest we had on on this show... And I, I thought about it because the, the, I've been taking uh, classes in audio this semester, and one thing that we've been talking about on and on and off in the critical listening class I'm taking is this thing called um, psychoacoustics, which is how our brain perceives sound, basically, and what sound does to our brain, and all sorts of cool things like that. And hopefully, hopefully, I can take more classes on what on on it. But from what it seems like EVPs are doing is, um, I can illustrate this an example, is uh, it seems like we are taking what we're hearing in these seemingly uh, random amounts of static in these um, recordings of electro-voice phenomena, and you don't really hear anything, but if you really, really try, and if you're looking for an answer, you'll hear something in that. I mean, for example, we were doing listening exercises in uh, one of my classes, and essentially what that is is uh, my my professor would play what's called pink noise, and then there would be uh, sine waves, or the the simplest sound that something can make, which sounded like little blips. So um, during this, you'd hear the pink noise, you'd hear the little blips, and they'd gradually go down in volume, and you'd have to count how many blips were there. 
And everyone was saying, oh, I heard like six, I heard seven. I was like, I think I heard eight. And he was like, oh, no, you're just imagining that. He was like, your brain is inputting that extra blip because it thinks it should be there. So our brain will take something and put things in that we think should be there. Didn't you turn out to be right in that case? What do you mean? Oh, okay, that? Of, yeah. No, 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 no. He that said he said it. Well, the first thing he said was like, "Oh, well, you must be hearing things." And then he amended it by saying, "Well, you're not exactly wrong." It's like <laughs> that, he's like, "It's what your brain's doing to nice to answer. what you're to what you're hearing." Yeah. He's like, "You're you're you think you're hearing something, but you're not really hearing it." Well, you know, you have to admit that there are some EVPs, and I'm thinking of one. I don't know if you've heard it yet, but our good friend uh, Shane Sirway from New Hampshire, uh, TrueGhost.com. Uh, has been on the show a number of times, and he's recently sent me one that he got in this a very interesting case that I think we began to talk about in the air at one point, where he and he's usually not the kind of guy who goes. I, I think I consider him a step above most of these people. Yeah, he's not the kind of guy who goes in. Oh, let us know if you're here. You know, it's the same old thing you'd get in the seance room in the 1865 or something. And he'd say, uh, well, you know, uh, can you respond to this red light? And there's a very, very clear voice behind it that says, how? Hmm. You know? Interesting. And I, I get it. We don't believe these are spirits of the dead. or anything. Well, I haven't heard it, but, like, I mean, it's like if you, if, the thing is, with some of these, like, videos I've seen online where it's like, oh, there's EVPs and stuff, what they'll do is they'll put subtitles underneath it. So it's like you'll see, like, the waveform or whatever, and it'll be like, oh, there's somebody here. And then there'll be a subtitle underneath it while you're listening that's like, yeah, like, right in there. So it's yeah. like you you look at it, you're like, oh, it's totally saying something, but you're reading it, and your mind is thinking that it's actually saying it. Well, another thing, too, is that the, uh, I think there's some evidence that uh, with EVPs, in some cases at least, uh, temperature fluctuations that can be measured in a room when this investigation or so-called investigation is going on that the actual uh, investigator could be manipulating it by projection of some kind. I think that uh, that's possible as well. You, you project the answer that you want to receive. On the other hand, there are some that seem very clear. The first time I ever used, I guess, the term, as far as I know, electronic voice phenomenon hadn't even been invented yet. It was back in the, the 70s. And I just on a hunch took an old cassette tape recorder, it wasn't old then, cassette tape recorder. And I was investigating a house uh, in New York State, actually. And I put the thing on, on a staircase, right up against the wall. Yeah. And I left, went and I had lunch. Right? I came back, nobody, nobody was in the house. Was, you know, I knew that for a fact. No, I came back and on the tape was the sound of a bunch of people having dinner. Because mm. it was almost late, almost like our house. The, the the dining room was near the stairs, and this right, and you could hear people talking and plates clicking and this kind of thing. You could even hear pe- people belching, burping. You know, I mean, that, right. that, that is not considered polite today. I don't know about it anymore. But well, I'm I'm not saying that it's not real. I'm just saying in some cases that would explain it for me. But that was <laughs> one of the things that made me wonder: Are these spirits of dead people? Or are we dealing more with time here? Right in the in the sense of physics, so I think there are some that are um, worthy of consideration. Right. So, but th- that's about it. Well, anyway. I mean, there, there's always there's always uh, ones that are the best of a bad lot. Yeah. So. Now, I did listen to Alicia's. She has a, a YouTube video that's still there. 
And as a matter of fact, Will, if you're listening to the show live, it's not there yet, but if you're listening to this as a podcast, we will have put it up on a talking points page for this show right. at BehindTheParanormal.com, a link to that. And judge for yourself. I mean, personally, I didn't really hear... I didn't hear anything Anything either. really that clearly or whatever. Um, I, but again, uh, who knows? So uh, judge for yourself. Right. Oh, all right. Moving okay. on. Okay. All right. <clears throat> now for something entirely different. Okay. <laughs> Let's take a short one. Okay, uh, this is from Mandy in Petaluma, California. Everybody wow, in California is writing today. What a name, Petaluma, California. Petaluma. Petaluma, yeah, wow. All righty. Uh, hi, Paul and Ben. I never miss your show. Really do appreciate the free podcasts. I wanted to ask you uh, what you always ask your guests. Has it ever happened to you? I know a lot has, but I was especially interested in whether you, either of you have seen a UFO or have had a close encounter. Hmm. That's a tough question. I've seen things that are over over many years uh, kind of fluky in the sky if you're talking about UFOs. One of the things that I do remember was when and somebody I, I was it Stan Friedman or somebody explained this to me what it could have been. There was it was every I believe it was either Wednesday night or Sunday night. I think I was in 7th or 8th grade <clears throat> living in the East Hartford, Connecticut, my hometown. And I would go out uh, particularly in the winter when it was clear night, uh, the stars were pretty clear, and you could see a a light moving across. Uh, it looked like a satellite. Yeah. You, know, you can go out any time and see satellites moving across. They move relatively quickly. But this one would stop, and then it would fade as if it was leaving. And mm. a friend of mine who was um, a little bit younger than I was, but was very serious guy, feet on the ground, very interested in astronomy, came over, and we, we'd watch the thing every week. It went on for about four weeks. Then we couldn't find it again. Hmm. So uh, what that and was it was it Mark D'Antonio? I think our guest for from for next week, one of our guests for the next few weeks. Uh, he's an astronomer. Uh, we had a wonderful conversation with him. We did a podcast interview with him at the first New England UFO conference in Lemister two weeks ago. Uh, I think he might have explained that. And I'll, I'll bring it up again when he's on with us. But yeah. Other than that, uh, I've never had a close encounter. I don't believe I've ever been abducted or anything like that. At least not know. that you know of. No, but who knows? I mean, I, not that I know of. Well, what about you, Ben? Uh, well, no, not that I can say. Well, I mean, I have had a few sightings, yeah, but like most of the time, you really I don't could, know what it is. No, I mean, most of the time, I could explain it away because I mean, you can't just see something and immediately. Unless it lands and something with the tentacles comes out and punches you in the nose. Then, <laughs> you know. I never knew what hit me. Ben didn't know what hit me, so then took off again. But I, I can't really say that. Now that's the UFO realm. Um, now, on the other hand, remember we were talking about this uh, last night on our 500th show on CBS. We were talking about one of our first few shows, which we had done. At, we first started out on an internet. No, station I know. I know what you're going to say. Yeah, well, we know one came flying that, down the set. That said, didn't. Look at this. That didn't happen during a show. That happened after. During, uh, I think it was a Friday. Well, we were told by. I was told by people over there that the power had gone out. I distinctly remember on, uh, because South Main Street in Woonsocket. I here. distinctly remember because I was in summer garb for sleeping, which consisted of shorts and a shirt, which I wouldn't wear if we were on the air. Well, we, we well we don't live anywhere near South Main Street either. No. Well, the, we could see it. Yeah. I mean, we we have a decent view. Yeah, yeah, we're up on our, from our skylights, but what whatever we live on Fairmount Hill. But anyway, whatever. Uh, I would have to answer no to the question of anything definite on that. Right. Now, in in the realm of abduction, the ghost research. Uh, oh, right. Obviously, I've been involved in knockdown, drag out, poltergeist. Cases. Irrelevant to the question. 
Well, she was, I, I got the impression she wasn't asking just about UFOs. Uh, it says UFOs. Okay, well, my mistake then. Yeah. Okay, right. so I guess the answer is a big no after all that. Right. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, here, oh, here, oh, here's one I want to I want to deal with. This is this came in recently, very recently, and it's from Leon, and he does not say where he is from. Oh boy, already uh, so, constructive criticism. So Leon writes uh, to us. Uh, uh, Leon here. I'm 59, and like I like you and your show. I listen all the time, and I'm. Uh, going to give uh, positive advice. The last show with the British uh, bloke, you Paul, you are too smart and too good for a guy to be constantly feeling the show with your experiences, your your ways, and we have heard uh, the Paul Eno resume 1,000 times. So just uh, cut back on the boasting. You don't uh, you don't need it. You are you are great, and don't always remind us, and only play devil's advocate for. Uh, our benefit. Okay. Well, Leon, I appreciate that. It's true. Um, I, I will pay more attention to that in the future, and, and I assure you, I, uh, as far as I can say, it's not boasting. There are two reasons why I will sometimes give my resume, and uh, I, I again, I will avoid that if I can. One is because very often guests don't know us, and that will be the reason I will do that, because in order to give a background to why we ask what we ask, we, we, we're constantly told by guests after shows that they, we, we ask difficult questions and that they, it was good because it challenged them. And they um, would not have understood why if they didn't know a little bit about us. But, but that's one reason. The other reason is that we have new listeners all the time who really might not know us either. But I still think your point is well taken, and I will um, try to avoid that. Right. I mean, worst comes to worst, they could just sort of go back in the podcasts and... Yeah, sure. Well, not everybody has time for that, but I think I think uh, Leon is right. Or mention it beforehand, before the, they even get on the air. Well, I mean... I, it, it's of course, a, that would just be kind of weird, too. Hi, you want to be on the show? This is my resume. Yeah, no, that's not necessary. No. All right, here's another long one. And we do appreciate the time people put into these, so we're going to read... Uh, try to read some of these. So just, just uh, take it at your own pace there, Ben. This is from Karen. It's from a Bell South thing, so I don't know. Must be, maybe she's in the Oh, we don't have the... Que- we don't have, uh, oh, this is one of the new ones yeah. where we don't have the question thing anymore. So just... Yeah. So, Karen, alrighty. Uh, hi, Paul and Ben. I enjoy your podcast on the paranormal. Uh, Paul pick, picked up your book and blah, blah, blah. We're going to get right to the yeah, actual email. wanted to uh, uh, relay an experience I had when I was living at home uh, and going to college before I knew anything about parasites. It all started when I stayed uh, the night over at my friend's house. We were hanging out in her room listening to contemporary Christian music, uh, and she was telling me about what was happening to her at night. Uh, She said she would go to sleep and then feel a very heavy pressure on her chest, and she couldn't open her eyes. Uh, She said she was aware but just couldn't move. Okay, can we stop that just for a minute, please? I'm sorry I didn't mark that. This sounds a lot like sleep paralysis. Right. Or there are things that occur that always have during sleep in the history of humanity, and people have said things sitting on their chest, and there are even, there are even works of, great works of art that include uh, demons and goblins or whatever sitting on people's chests when they're trying to sleep. Yeah, sleep paralysis uh, is kind of terrifying. <laughs> well, it is. It's a rather common phenomenon, and uh, but that's not to say that there can't be a paranormal component in there, right. because uh, very often you find that there is. Mm. So, Already moving on, uh, I told her that... 
I feel like we read this before, but um, I don't know. I, don't I told so. I told her I thought uh, that she that that was really strange, and uh, then just discounted it. And uh, when we went on to talk about something else, uh, so not to too many days after that, I realized that she was talking about or what she was talking about because uh, I started to experience it too. I was sleeping at home, and the first time it happened, I was absolutely terrified. It looked, or it felt like uh, something trying to enter my body through my chest. I was aware of its presence, and it felt like it was uh, trying to push me out of my body. I was completely aware, but uh, couldn't open my eyes or move my limbs. Up to that point, I had never experienced anything like that. I ended up telling it to, in my mind, to leave. I was literally fighting it with all my will. Uh, I was calling out uh, for Christ to help me, and I kept repeating in my mind over and over again uh, that it was not welcome here and uh, had to leave. Each time I repeated that phrase, I felt the energy getting weaker, and eventually it faded away. After, oh, do you want me to? Okay, okay, I just maybe maybe comment. That is a very common experience in. in <laughs> My experience, and I think that it's uh, the, the certainly the name of Jesus is very powerful, and but so are other names too. It all depends what where your faith is, and everybody comes after me because I had all those years in the seminary not to get my resume again. But people will say, "How come you don't believe this the way I do, and you don't honor the name of Jesus?" Well, of course I do. He was my oldest personal friend for crying out loud. And what happens, of course, is that people who believe in Christ or a number of other good people will be able to use that as a weapon to take back control. Now, whether something is actually coming in and pushing you out of your body, that's something I don't really accept. I have seen possession cases. I have worked with priests on exorcisms many years ago, and I always saw that there was some sort of component in there of agreement on the part of the victim. It sounds strange, but somewhere in that, very often people liked the attention they were getting. They felt special. And uh, I think it's it's just another step beyond what people feel sometimes when they're using these darn Ouija boards, something we do not suggest. Uh, hold on. Before, okay. before you continue, she writes in a little postscript, I know what sleep paralysis is, and I know this was not that. Well, how does she know it was not that? I don't know. Well, I guess we'll have to find out. <laughs> all right. Okay. So uh, please continue. Sorry. To okay. No, no, not at all. Sorry. So no, that that was pretty much the point that uh, I, I, I don't think things can just push you out of your body. Right. Uh, without you, you know, against your will. Now, now, you know, that came up last time we had Marie Silver on. Did it? Oh, yeah, or, it did, didn't yeah, it? With, with that, yeah, with that possession case, supposedly, in, in Savannah, Georgia. And right. I trust Murray's judgment, so I have no doubt that what he said was true. Right. But, I don't know. Something was funny there. All right, shall we continue? Yes. All right, after it left, I shot straight out of bed. I was so shaken I couldn't get back to sleep, so I went into the den and turned on the TV, trying to feel normal again. While well, we do that by turning on uh, the TV. Right. Uh, well... This thing tried night after night to push me out of my body, and each time I would do the same thing and fight it. I got to the point where I was uh, really scared to go to sleep. This one went on for about two weeks. On the last occasion, the same thing happened, except I could see the morning light through my eyelids. There again, I was aware, but uh, couldn't move. So I started to fight and tell it to leave, and uh, that... It was going to that it was not welcome here. Well, I heard this gr- this thing growl, and it said in a very low, uh, 
gravelly voice that it was going to get me. And it, I kept pushing it away, and as in all the other times, it worked. When it was uh, gone, I opened my eyes, and it was uh, late It was late morning, and the sun was uh, shining in through my window. It didn't come back. Uh, it didn't come back after that. I am I am 44 years old now, and no looking back at it, uh, it was a parasite. And I am so glad I had the piece. Of I was a parasite. No, 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 no. That that it was a parasite. Was, okay. Sorry. I I do weird things when I read. Um, and I'm emails from parasites. Right. I am so glad that uh, I had the peace of mind to simply stand up to the thing. I have since come to the understanding that I am some sort of natural channeler based on other past experiences I've had. I do not like that. No entity is allowed in my body. Whenever I meditate, I always physically protect myself. I have never messed with Ouija boards or anything else. I don't have any issues uh, today because I, I don't uh, dwell on such things, and I keep a positive home, etc. Sometimes I do sense uh, when something is hanging around, and not at my house, but in some other places. I don't see I don't see it, but I know it is there. I really don't uh, give it any attention, though. I I was just sort of uh, think thinking of it to myself. Uh, and then she goes on to say she knows it's fr- it's not uh, sleep paralysis, but she says I believe this was an intelligent energy uh, that was uh, trying to feed off my terror. I don't know uh, what would have happened if I'd given in to it, but I don't think it would have been good. I reacted to this thing like I would react to any physical thing that tried to uh, cause me or my family harm. I fought back. Thanks for reading and keep up the good work. Okay, well, thank you for writing, uh, Karen, and uh, it's time to take a break. I'll finish responding to that in just a moment. But you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON 1240 in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. Stay with us. Hi, everybody. This is Mark Garrow, the host of PRN's Garage Pass, where I keep you up to date with all the latest NASCAR racing news. Garage Pass can be heard right here on WOON every Tuesday through Saturday mornings at 735 and is sponsored by Simon Chevrolet, 114 Fortin Drive, One Socket. Remember, Simon Chevrolet is always open online at simonchevy.com. Garage Pass, Simon Chevrolet and WOON, One Socket Radio, a win- combination. Owen Radio, Owen Worldwide. And welcome back. We wanted, of course, to mention, to say the least, that today is Veterans Day in the United States and Remembrance Day in Canada and the other Commonwealth nations. We thank our veterans. Um, I, myself, am one, but I didn't do anything compared with what these these young people coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq have, have been through. And we honor them and we respect them. We thank them for everything they have done for us. Indeed, a few of my friends just came back from their tours, too. So, really? Yeah. You know, I was thinking today, I was, I was uh, exchanging emails with one of our... Uh, cousins in england and uh he was oh no it wasn't no it was uh, one of the members of the family in uh, louisiana uh frank and i was saying you know it's i love thanksgiving it's my favorite holiday but i wonder how many people actually give thanks we are so spoiled rotten mm. in this country because of everything we have and how often do we give thanks so we urge you to thank our veterans and certainly to thank god for everything that we have because or that's whatever what deity you have. <laughs> well, God is God. You know, I mean, right. it's, it, that's a name. Actually, it's rather a generic name, but I mean, whatever. But thank, do the thanking. That, that's that's what matters. And uh, we also point out the charities Ben and I adopted. There are a number of them at behindtheparanormal.com. You can uh, check them out. One, of course, USA Cares. 
uh, local charity, Builders Helping Heroes, which has is just about finishing up a house in Burlville, in the Harrisville area, for a veteran. A wonderful, wonderful young man, uh, Corporal Kevin Dubois, uh, who lost both his legs in, in Afghanistan in combat, and uh, these, that house is going to be turned over to him uh, by the first of the year, certainly. And actually, uh, the 21st of December is the key ceremony, if you'd like to go, and you can check that out, buildershelpingheroes.org. And also, Canadian Veterans Advocacy. Uh, our good friend Mike Blaze in Ontario has founded that. They do a lot of legal advocacy and legislative advocacy for, Can- for Canada's veterans, who, as you know, have stood by us in the war on terror since the beginning, especially in Afghanistan. So, thank you again to our veterans. Indeed. Okay. So to finish responding to Karen's letter there, I think uh, the idea of her being a channeler. I mean, you have to kind of clarify all this stuff. And this is all, this is all uh, these terms. Anyway, I know she probably doesn't believe it this way, but these terms are all 19th century spiritualist terms. Yeah. Everybody is sensitive to some degree. If we weren't, we wouldn't have survived as a species. Being psychic, if you want to use that term, is a, is part of our survival mechanism. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, yeah, because um, had, if you didn't have feelings of danger, you would be probably eaten or whatever, or fall off a cliff. Yeah, we wouldn't have really lasted too long. No, absolutely not. So, so that's a certain amount of natural. Uh, th- and and, and there's, there's also a question that goes with this, and people often ask us this: the, the more you pay pay attention to these things, is that when things happen to you? Uh, in other words, uh, it, and th- this I always found rather disconcerting in the early days, was people with great religious faith very often were the ones who had the worst parasite attacks or, or, the, or the worst uh, paranormal experiences on the negative side. And I wonder, well, how can that be the case? And I often found, at least as much as you can judge such a thing, that their spirituality was very negative. And I'm thinking primarily of this this case in uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut, 1974. And I, I actually, I just talked to someone who's writing a book about that case, and we're going to have him on. And it's going to be really interesting. He's, he's found a lot of the people, uh, and I was an eyewitness to that myself. So we're going to. It's going to be an interesting book, I'm sure. Cool. I didn't even know that till now. Oh, okay. Well, hey, thanks, we're, thanks we're having to work on our communication. Thanks. Thanks for telling me. Okay, sir. <laughs> but. In any case, uh, I think that you know, there's a certain, there are not a lot of questions that go with that. And you yourself, in that uh, video that went with the Conjuring movie, The Devil's Hour, you said the most intelligent thing in the whole video, and that was oh, faith is a very powerful thing. And if you go into something believing something's going to happen, more than likely it's going to happen. Yeah. So I'm not saying Karen is imagining things. No. Of course, there's another side to that too. Suppose. You are a person who is oblivious, generally, to this sort of thing. Uh, could something come in? And, and I don't believe that parasites can come in and push you out of your body and take over no. without you agreeing to it, even if, if that's even what's going on. Right. Because what I think is happening is that, is that you're discovering where you are that parasite in the um, in the multiverse somewhere, somewhere, somewhere or somewhere. So uh, conversely, if you are oblivious to this, they certainly can influence you. In any case, are they influencing you and you're not noticing it? Are you? Is your personality changing because you're being influenced by something you don't really think about or recognize? Or is it is it is it more obvious if you do recognize? So, so these are all open questions. Yeah, I mean, we don't really know the answer to these things. Yeah, but those are all. Uh, that just Karen's uh, letter just made me made me think of that. Right. Okay. So here's um, all right. Let me just Continue to be rather long. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is uh, from Bruce P. in Arizona. 
Oh, it's good. Demons and imps. Right. Demons and imps. Ooh. Alrighty, so uh, Bruce writes to us. Uh, he says he experienced uh, the spiritual direct vision of several small lights, perhaps about half an inch of di- diameter, circling above uh, my head while I was meditating in 2005, uh, which uh, demons become active and negatively uh, demonic, trying to completely overcome and drive my thinking into negative and perverted directions. These demons were uh, picked up by me from a uh, TM member who graduated from TMU, in, uh, TM being uh, what transcendental meditation, I suppose. I guess. Yeah. Uh, is, is, is there yeah. is there a transcendental meditation I, place I, in Iowa? Like that, oh yeah, they're pretty much all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah so that's probably yeah, that where. was uh, some controversial. Right, 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 right. Uh, and he goes on to say, and he's uh, like, now uh, has been uh, an insane. Wait, what? Trying to look through this, is I realized that the reason the demons were circling when I was meditating was because they couldn't take the heat in the kitchen of the higher vibrations in my head. All right, well, let's, let's just get into some of this. Now. Right, yeah. All right. Now, meditation is usually a very positive thing. I think, uh, and I, I learned meditation myself when I was in the seminary from the, the, the Trappists in Spencer, Massachusetts. I went on retreat there one time, and they got me into contemplative prayer, and it was a very, very valuable spiritual tool, I think, uh, for anybody. Because, you know, people think prayer is saying prayers, Words. That's just the merest baby step toward beginning to pray. Well, I mean, even Buddhists have mantras, which is essentially the same thing. Well, it's the prayer of the heart and the mind, uniting the heart with the mind and praying. And certainly, the in Christianity, the Jesus prayer, which is essentially a mantra, you know, you're you're saying, and even certain sacred words and things like this. That that all is all part of Christianity as well. Right. But I do remember one time over all the years, that I had a negative experience with meditation. And that's that it was like um, I touched something that was very bad. very, And this had never happened to me before, never, never happened since. It might have been just one of these pass-throughs, as I call it, they, something, maybe a parasite. And I had, this is way back before I'd even clarified any kind of thinking on this. So that might have, I don't know what, is happening. There are some places, people ask this too, are there some places you just shouldn't meditate? You know, and uh, most people who are listening might not even know what meditation is. Uh, the quieting of the heart and mind, and the toughest thing in it is to stop the, the constant mental chatter that's in our heads all the time. That's step number one. And what does that leave you with? It leaves you with silence, which is utterly terrifying to most people in modern society. Okay, so, all right. So uh, we will uh, kind of leave it at that. But I think that um, the whole idea of uh, where and how to meditate may have something to do with this. I'm, I'm fascinated by the lights going around his head that he said. Yeah. This brings in the notion of orbs, which we talk about frequently. Mm. What are they? What context are you seeing them? We're thinking about the context of, uh, I suppose you're out, uh, you know, in an old house and you've got your digital camera and you have these orbs, these balls of light, or they look almost sometimes like cells. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've noticed that. <clears throat> organic, something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I tend to suspect that they're living creatures based on plasma that um, live around the boundaries of worlds and feed on the energy there. Uh, Carl Sagan, <clears throat> the great uh, astrophysicist and... Uh, Oh, he was he was an astronomer. I think. Yeah, he was a, he was an astronomer. Yeah, astronomer and uh, and, a no, and even a novelist and brought science to millions over the 
airwaves, uh, postulated the existence of some sort of uh, plasma-based life forms, uh, maybe not like that or maybe like that. But in the case, uh, if, uh, but if you're in the context of meditation, aha, demons. Or if you're in the context of an open field and you see a disc there and you see the same lights, aha, aliens, you know. So it all depends on how you interpret this. Yeah. So I think that, um, Bruce, you probably ought to kind of step back and uh, kind of get your feet planted on the ground there and uh, maybe uh, take it uh, take it from there. But uh, with the information you give, I'd say just be cautious. All right. Well, I mean, he goes on to say that they that they leave eventually, and he got advice from like a guru or something. Well, you know, that's that's true. You know, I, and I don't like to knock anybody's spiritual tradition. But you have to be really careful with these things. There, there are Christians you have to be careful of. There are a lot of groups you have to be careful of. Uh, in the East, there are a lot of um, well, like there gurus are, like who, there are different sects of Christianity. There are different like versions of Hinduism as well. Yeah, that's true. So it, I, it, I don't know. It all depends. Uh, you know, if it doesn't feel comfortable in you know in in, in your inner being or whatever, uh, then you really need to be careful. Um, you know who I find has their feet on the ground with spirituality mostly are, are is the Jewish tradition. Mm. In my opinion, uh, I've rubbed elbows with a lot of Jewish people when I was studying Hebrew uh, years ago, and it was uh, th- there's a really sensible spirituality and, a, and nevertheless a great mystical tradition. So whatever your tradition happens to be, uh, find the best in it. All right, now this is from this is an interesting one. This is from Brian. In Morristown, New Jersey, and he's writing about a crisis ghost. Crisis ghost. Mm. Alrighty, so uh, Brian writes to us. I have uh, personally been visited by a ghost that was of my father who uh, was tragically killed. He appeared in my apartment a number of weeks after his death, and I would uh, really like to know more about what this meant. Uh, This only happened once and lasted for about 8 to 10 seconds. Alright, this is a very, very common... Phenomena. Now, uh, I'm wondering, first of all, y- did you question who or what this really was, Brian? It is in the field that's known popularly as the crisis apparition. Usually it occurs when the person is in danger, perhaps has been injured, and it is often uh, a person who has not died. Uh, it's a person who has uh, simply been injured or has otherwise uh, met with some sort of mishap. So uh, whether this is a ghost is another question if you're looking at the classic interpretation of ghost. I'm, I noticed that you mentioned uh, that, you, that the person appeared, uh, was tragically killed, so this was not the uh, parents of someone who was uh, alive, and he appeared in your apartment a number of weeks after his death. I'm wondering, uh, what was the context of the appearance? Were you sleeping? Were you between sleep and waking? Uh, what was happening with that? Was it in the bedroom? Uh, was it in the living? Most of these crisis apparitions do appear to people when they are uh, just between sleep and waking, or, or they wake up and see something. Interestingly enough, so do the uh, alien abductions, if that's what they really are. So that, that's, uh, that's a question I might ask. Uh, why would that occur at that time? Well, we are very, very quiet in our minds. Uh, for the, Sometimes it's the only time of the day when we are, when we're between sleep and waking. We are very sensitive to any stimuli that might be out there, electromagnetic or, if you want to say, psychic or whatever. And that is when many of these things occur. So perhaps um, if this uh, is or was your father, he might have been around a lot longer than that, but that was the only time you actually uh, were able to pick him up because your mind was clear. 
All right. And now, why would he appear a number of weeks after your de- his death? Uh, that is another question. Since he does not seem to have communicated with you, it might be just uh, the normal, everyday, and it is an everyday occurrence, appearance uh, across multiple worlds, perhaps from from a, a parallel world where the, the man never died. That, I think, accounts for most, if not pretty much all, human appearances of ghosts. I, I don't take the spiritualist approach. I don't think there is such a thing as death. I don't think there are spirits of the dead, because when they are seen clearly, as you apparently saw your father, I would bet he was wearing clothes, was in his bodily form, and uh, other things that made me question whether these are spirits, disembodied energies. Why are disembodied energies wearing clothes or sometimes driving cars or whatever? Uh, that that was uh, something that I think uh, needs to be considered and often is not. So uh, it's, since he made no attempt to communicate, you may have been sort of seeing across a world boundary to where he never died. Uh, that's often as simple as that. If he did try to communicate, I'd like to know. But uh, as you say, it only happened once and lasted for about 8 to 10 seconds. 8 to 10 seconds, that, that's not a bad length of time for an experience like this. Uh, one I had in England lasted uh, considerably longer than that, but that's unusual. So I think you might have just had a multiverse experience here, Brian. Uh, what it might mean is simply always look at the best side of it. You are not, your father's not still with you. Uh, I'm sure he is in some ways, but, but you, you are actually with him in many parallel worlds where he never died. That's what the physics seems to say, strange as that may sound. And I think that uh, sometimes there might be sightings, but there's certainly a sense of presence, and it can expand your mind and your life as long as you keep your feet on the ground. And uh, I think that's essentially what uh, what it was. Okay. Uh, here is one from Ali in London, Ontario. And Ellie writes, um, Paul and Ben, you are right about a lot of things, but especially, you want to read this? Because you're, okay, uh, a lot of things, but especially about how these ghost hunting shows get kids into the occult. Second Alrighty, sense. yeah, I'll, uh, I'll uh, continue with this. I have a lot of friends uh, uh, that like to use Ouija boards now, and that's all they talk about. How can I get them to stop without making them think I am a geek? <laughs> Is that the proper definition of geek? People who don't like Ouija boards? Nah, I don't know. I Uh, mean, I never got called a geek. Maybe it's just because my friends are not like that. I don't know, maybe. Techno geek, whatever. Turbo nerds, if you will. Turbo nerds. Yeah, well, not really. But no, I mean, it's like you can't really convince people to do stuff. I'd learned this way too late in life that you can't change people. Yeah, that you. I mean, people could do things that you don't like, and there's nothing you can do about it. You can set an example, right? I mean, it is a very good question. It is an extremely good question. And I think in every group of young people is is whom I have known. There's one or two who are concerned about the behavior of the others, and perhaps are a little deeper in their thinking, a little bit higher minded. And that would go for this situation, right? What do you do if a bunch of people you know and care about are using a Ouija board? Well, uh, the, first of all, the ghost hunting shows, I, I do agree. I do blame uh, them for this. Uh, it, it's you know, I, I have watched yeah. a couple of those. I, I usually can't stand it. No, they no, I just can't uh, I can't do it. <laughs> you know, it's it's nonsense most of the time. They uh, it really makes me cringe when they start to counsel people, homeowners. They have no qualifications whatsoever, 
And somebody actually wrote in and 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 said that 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 someone that they had come. This was this was Shane, as a matter of fact. See way. Oh right, yeah. We, we just mentioned that uh, representatives or producers or, or from a show had come in and they uh, literally stole his notes on a case. And so th- there's very little uh, ethical behavior going on here either. So well, who knows? A, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's what happens when. Uh, well, there's a lot of reasons why that happens. Well, there are a lot of reasons, yeah. but they do seem to influence young people. <laughs> the, the audience seems to be made up. I don't think it's as big as it used to be, honestly. I sure hope not. I, I, I don't think it is. I mean, the people that like I do I do know that are uh, into this kind of stuff, everyone sort of laughs at them. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's true. And I know several parents of teenage daughters who say that the daughters are really into this and all their friends into watching these particular shows – but that very often they think that the the guys are cute. I don't and know if that's... That, and that's part of the reason that they enjoy the shows. Although the and I caught one who had daughter asked you know was at least asked her if she she could get a Ouija board you know and the mother said no and explained why and I think that's a sensible thing to do. So parents need to pay attention to this. And a lot of cases we go in on in the past have have fe- featured Ouija boards and kids who have been into the occult. I think sometimes because of these shows. I'm thinking of that case in Attleboro. Oh, right. Where the, you, you were more involved in it than I was. Yeah. No, but it was Foxborough. Foxborough, whatever. They uh, both have Borough in them. Yeah. They both have Bs and Home O's Home of the and New R's. England Patriots, right. Yeah. So, in any case, I think um, just try... I would, what I would do is look for an in uh, to, to introduce the subject and say, you know, this might not be a good idea, or this happened, or that happened, and uh, maybe... Um, Get, get them to write to us and you know start a dialogue. I think that that's a good thing. So right. Anyway, that's about all we can suggest at this point. Okay, here is um, one from uh, WBB in Springfield, Illinois. Alrighty, so Springfield, Illinois, it is, uh, and uh, he or it writes to us uh, listening to you on Coast to Coast on your show. Uh, I have uh, been fascinated by your predictions for the period from now no. until 2016 and after. Uh, you insist that you have not received this information from spirit guides, benign aliens, or enlightened masters, but I can remember you giving specific examples of multiverse neighbors that you have received them from. Can you give specific examples? Uh, well, that show continues to reverberate uh, down our history here. And again, you know, so many times you hear all these, and I think a lot of them are charlatans, a lot of them probably are very sincere, who say that they've been in, in contact with uh, enlightened masters or whatever aliens or whatever <laughs> these things are who's, who tell them the future of the earth. And very often... Insert spooky mystery word here. Exactly. And very often it's environmental. We had a guest uh, on the other, the other uh, Peter McHugh, Dr. Peter McHugh from Scotland. Yeah. Who had a wonderful, wonderful interview. But he tended to believe... That the there 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 are that's what I wanted to ask alien beings who are trying to help us save the planet yeah, environmentally like, yeah no I thought that was weird I was like why would they care <laughs> well I mean there are a number of reasons why they might I mean what why would we go to help out of the soup kitchen you know we don't know the people usually well I mean these are inhuman creatures with that don't have human well may, maybe not I don't know who knows I mean alien means alien but if there's any if there's any validity and there may not be. And they may be to this whole ancient alien business that they, they messed with our genetics, which is entirely possible because of the weird results of the Human Genome Project. Two hundred twenty-three genes that shouldn't be there. Well, there. who's to say that those are the same things? Oh no, we don't know. 
We don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things we don't know. That's why when people say things like, they're here to help, it's like, well, how do you know? Yeah, well, they might just as easily be here to destroy. I mean, you know, look look at the mess. But, But if there's anybody at all, I mean, but there are multiversal beings who just happen to be neighbors of ours in parallel realities. Again, these parallel realities are are pretty much verified by quantum mechanics, by quantum physics, uh, although the interpretation may be very different. I think most physicists accept this today, but whether they, they would not necessarily accept that they are fully realized worlds in which there may be... Well, I mean, they different. still have their jobs they want to keep. Well, yeah, a lot of it, a lot of it is politics. But, but the point mm-hmm. being that... Um, we, I don't know. It, it's difficult to tell these things. We, um, we, my particular in, interpretation of the this event, and, and it's impo- it's difficult to make predictions, of course, naturally. But there seems to be a concern, and in the ca- in the in the course of of paranormal investigations, in the course of daily meditations, uh, and I this started with me way back in the seventies when I started to do this. There seems to be neighbors in close parallel realities who there's always an interchange. It's really one big unity, one big life exchange going on. Mm. It's an open system. And sometimes they are human, sometimes they are not, uh, because every that's what quantum physics postulates, that every single possibility is out there. Uh, laws of physics are different in different uh, worlds. Life would have developed differently. In many cases, uh, there are some pretty wild ones, and there are some pretty, you know, worlds that would be more or less like our own. And uh, from these communications, which sometimes are difficult because English is not necessarily the medium, and this is, and I'm not doing the medium thing here. I'm not doing the psychic thing. I just these are just contacts, as you would have with your neighbors. There is a concern over massive parasite activity. That's how I would explain it. Over the you know starting several years ago and going on to the 2016 period, putting that together with my own military experience and what, such as it was and uh, the political situation today, uh, I don't see a lot of good things coming down uh, for that. And so um, again, I, I don't know what else to tell you. You can listen. We have had podcasts on that whole subject. I, I hesitate to talk about it because I don't want to sound like a nut. But again, these things, I believe, are real. And, uh, I mean, Ben moves in other circles and the, the meditations and multiverse thing. And it could be all in our heads. But then again, everything's in our heads. All our five physical senses work through our heads. Let's not get Rene Descartes here. Not no, no, Descartes. exactly. Yeah. Let's not get Cartesian here. No, no, yeah. I think, therefore, I am. Well, he even he didn't believe that at the end. So in, in reality, in the end, we really don't know anything. But we have to work on the best knowledge that we have. And again, there are times when you things occur like this, and for years and years I didn't accept it, I, especially because it would have gotten me in serious trouble in the seminary, as it turns out it did. And you just don't, I don't, I don't know how else to really describe it. You, you just, uh, you have to accept it after a certain point. I mean, there's no evidence of, uh, of it being false in your own mind, and that's all you really have to go on. So maybe it's crazy, maybe it's uh, not valid, but that's how we see it. And we do see some dangers coming in, and I think we need to stick together. And that is our opinion. And that's our opinion. And that, that sticking together and, and being cultivating a sense of brotherhood and positive uh, spirit is is a good is good advice in any case, mm-hmm. no matter what happens. So yeah. So so that's the answer to that. All right. So um, how much time do we have? There? We have time for a short one. All right.
Okay, that that was that. And there was actually a... I had made some notes on that. Anyway. Oh, well, it's <laughs> too right. late now. Yeah. Okay, uh, short one, short one, short one. Yeah. Okay, here's a short one. All right. And round and round the wheel goes All right. where it stops. This is from Helen. Like when you use her full name, Helen Ramirez in Yorba Linda, California. Alrighty, so Helen writes to us, Hi, Paul and Ben. I can't get enough of your uh, descriptions of the good world. Uh, how do you see this happening and how can you tell whether my family and I are a part of the high people? Uh, how do we know when it's time to go? How do we know how to get there? Uh, can you talk more about this, please? That's the thing. We don't. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we keep getting questions like that because, you know, we blurted it out on uh, all kinds um, of radio shows. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, the, the good world is our term for... Well, we're already there. That's we're, the yeah, thing. Well, that, that's the thing. We're, you don't have to go anywhere. Uh, we are one person uh, in many different lives across many different worlds well, that's hard what to, it seems to well, be well it's hard to separate the whole me from this because everything around us is so in western me, culture unquote, it's, there's this, this fierce sense of individualism and uh, as uh, the great physicist and mystic uh, Amit Goswami whom we've been quoting a lot lately would say the sense of self is an illusion it's a sense of self-reference we really are each other. When you look at the, even you look at the, the scriptures of the great religions, even Jesus was saying, you know, we really are each other. That whole I'm always citing that passage from Matthew: "Love your neighbor as yourself." Is not what it says in Greek. It says, "Love your neighbor." It means love it, love your neighbor because he is yourself. So you're already in the, this good world, okay? Yeah. And the fact that you are concerned about it indicates you may be one of what that little five-year-old boy taught me in 1991: one of the high people. In the best sense of the word, mm. right? So that's essentially how we're. So uh, I think that's probably our final question. But continue to ask questions. What did Joe say? Uh, our old friend Joe Ferry. Continue to watch the skies. Oh, yeah, yeah, watch the skies. <laughs> yeah, and um, continue to to be high minded and think think of positive things and bring some positive energy into the world because that is the remedy for many, many, many different things that are wrong with the world. I think certainly, right? You know. Uh, All right, anyway. so, you, so okay. we're going to ra- wrap it up right about now uh, before the Celtics game. It's coming up right after us. Uh, uh, visit our show website, BehindTheParanormal.com, where you can find over 500 free podcasts of all of our past shows. You can also check out our site at www.NewEnglandGhosts.com, where there are uh, case studies and photos, along with articles by my dad. And you can find my books on Barnes & Noble Nookie Reader and Amazon Kindle, and you can also buy them uh, on Amazon.com and BehindTheParanormal.com. Uh, if you buy them on our site, I will autograph them for you. Big deal, right? Oh, yeah. you will have to keep. But it will help us keep all those podcasts free. Uh, also on our sites, you'll find direct links to the cha- several charities Ben and I mentioned, including USA Cares veteran- and Canadian Veterans Advocacy. Our CBS radio edition of the show on Sunday, November 17th in Boston, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Windsor, and Seattle, Vancouver, will welcome Martin Willis, host, host of the Podcast UFO website, for a look at the nuts and bolts of the world of UFOs, and that does have a double meaning. Alrighty, so next Monday, uh, November 18th, right here on WOON 1240 and uh, com, we will bring you astronomer Mark D'Antonio for, in, uh, for a look at uh, exoplanets, UFOs, and the multiverse. So get your questions to us at paul at behindtheparanormal.com or you can use our show Facebook page. And we leave you this evening with a thoughtful quote from comedian Lily Tomlin. I always wanted to be somebody, but now I realize I should have been more specific. <laughs> and stay tuned for the Boston Celtics. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey. And we shall see you next time. 
Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.